Hi guys, Michelle here. So we have a bonus bonus episode for you guys today. Um, I know we've been doing the 31 days of Halloween. I hope you guys are enjoying that. Um, but we also got to sit down this month and talk to Michael and Moran from Tales at 3M. It was a really fun chat. Um, they have uh, Instagram and TikTok, of course. And so check them out over there. And they also have uh, Google and Spotify. So this is also over there. So I hope you listen to that and you say, hey, they sound really cool. We want to check them out. Um, yeah. And I also want to say that I know that the sound's not great on this. Uh, I can usually bump up the sound some, but some spots there's just background noises happening and I didn't want to bump it up and burst your eardrum from like maybe somebody hitting their mic or something like that. So I apologize if it's not exactly perfect, but by now you guys you guys know how I edit, you know, I'm trying. So, but I hope you enjoy it and we'll scare you later. Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Caro. And this is A Paranormal State of Mind. All right, and we got two guests with us, so if you guys want to say hey, you go ahead and introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Michael. Hi, I'm Arin. And what's your podcast name? It's called Tales at 3 a.m. All right, so today we are just going to hang out, and we all have like either personal stories or just we're going to talk about stories from our hometown or something like that. And uh, we're going to first let Marin, 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 we're going to, I'm going to say her name wrong a couple times, um, but we're going to let her kind of just tell how her and Kate are, <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny, <laughs> Kate, <laughs> how her and Michael met, <laughs> by the way guys, I don't know why, but everything myself wants to call him Tate. I'm going to say in a past life that was your name. <laughs> Possibly. That makes sense. <laughs> I cannot. Michael. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, uh, how did you guys decide to become a podcast? Rian, did you want to start? Oh, like, he already had the podcast going. And then... We'd only been, like, Facebook friends for, like, a couple months and everything. And then he put on a post. It was like, hey, would anyone be interested in coming on and joining or helping out? I was like, oh, me, me. Like, I think he only had it posted, like, maybe a minute before I commented on it. <laughs> that is no joke. I went on there and said someone had commented. I was like, oh, okay. I think he might as well say damn thing. <laughs> I clicked on it. Right, exactly. It's like, man, here I am all, you know, kind of like hulling in a corner going like, okay, nobody's going to say a word. And then she did. I'm like, okay, great. You got it. I got the job. Got the job. It does not pay well, just so you know. <laughs> there are no medical benefits to this. <laughs> just sucks your time away. You get to chat about your life. Some. And how am I going to get a psychotic mess? <laughs> That's awesome. I'm glad that worked out that you guys connected and that you were like, yeah, I'm here. I'm ready to do this with you. Mm-hmm. I'm, ex- I'm really excited to hear what you guys, you know, create together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, 
we're still it's the actual podcast itself is still going through the uh the Halloween series which mm-hmm. about 2 years ago I had started the podcast and then I had left it alone cuz I had things going on mm-hmm. which started out with personal experiences and then in bringing it back I said okay well this might be interesting if I started off with histories and legends and folklores of things mm-hmm. having to do with Halloween and how things like that came about. Right. So I was like, okay, so why not just do a Halloween series and just each weekend or when I can make it about a new topic or several topics in one and discuss a history that people may not necessarily know. Mm-hmm. And so still doing the Halloween series, which is going to continue to run until I think like October 30th and then switching over to something completely different. But she and I are actually going to collaborate on some Halloween issues. Uh, I think like the next two uh, podcast episodes that come out, she and I will be collaborating on, hey, what to talk about next, because we haven't gotten into trick-or-treating or anything like that, which yeah. I think is going to be really fun. And I'm major spoopy yeah. gal here. But... Yeah. That's me. That's, that's who I am. Well, I grew up, actually, like, practicing witchcraft. Oh, I did not. I grew up which is completely Alabama. out of the norm here in yeah. the middle of Alabama, and dead center of the Bible Belt. So... I grew up all in it, so like I said, when I got stories to tell, I got some stories to tell. <laughs> yeah, I did not. My mom was like, you're not allowed to watch Harry Potter. I was like, I love ghost shit, so <laughs> joke's on you. <laughs> I grew up Catholic uh-huh. and also practicing, like kind of simultaneously doing both throughout my childhood, and then it was right around 13, 14, 15, right within there that I really started to pull away from from the Catholicism and everything and really dive deeper into all the magic and witchcraft stuff that my mom was kind of showing me growing up and really learning it and studying it and all that. And it's interesting that you say that because some of the episodes I've actually already done has been involved with like the history of witches and witchcraft over Mm -hmm. in Europe and where pointy hats came from, the idea of familiars came from, riding a boom, brooms and potions, all that kind of stuff. It, <clears throat> you hear a lot of it in like modern times having to do with through marketing and TV and movies mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So many people look at it and say, well, that's what they know of is, you know, is turning on interview with a vampire or, right. you know, Wicked Witch of the West, that kind One of thing. One of my favorite but, movies. <laughs> but a lot of people don't know the actual, they won't take the time to actually look up the history of where the stuff came from and just me doing research myself there was a lot of stuff i figured out that i didn't know about so i sit and read them going like wow this is pretty interesting and i just want to want to be able to share it with other people with the whole thing like that like you know like i forget their names but it's like the two buzzfeed guides that does their podcast or their show yeah uh, yes they do like the unsolved shane and ryan yeah the unsolved mystery stuff you um that's literally me and my husband like i'm the one taking all the spiritual and ghost stuff and everything seriously then my husband's the one coming in with the jokes my husband has seen ghosts and he's like i don't i've never seen that's not a ghost i'm just probably just imagining i'm like i'm there my husband has seen something too and he's like he admits he sees it and then later he's like no that never happened (laughs) exactly what my 
I've never seen a ghost, but I've had some unexplained situations take place in my childhood that I couldn't explain it through science or any kind of rationality or anything like that. Now, I know there are plenty of molders out there in the world, and I know that there are plenty of scullies out there in the world. (laughs) And I'm not saying that every single situation of where something's going across the room or some kind of shadow, whatever the case is, I'm not saying that every situation is a ghost or something paranormal. But I'm a firm believer that if you have taken out every elimination of what something can be, and then you're still left with what the fuck, then it's kind of like you look at it and say, okay, you know, you tell me, because obviously I'm missing something, and if they can't figure it out, a person says, oh, well, it's just, it's just, it's just, I'm like, it's just what, though? That's yeah. the question. Yeah. That's what we're trying to figure out. I'm not saying it's Casper. All I'm yeah. saying is there was something abnormal that took place that we cannot explain, and that's what I'm trying to understand. Yeah, it's, I'm a huge skeptic when it comes to experiences and stories and stuff and all that, I try to figure out all the mundane explanations, what it could be before I'm like, all right, you got something there. (laughs) And, um, but yeah, it's, it's fun. Like, I was going to say, take for example, a situation that took place back in the summer when I was a lot younger. Uh, we had me. How much younger? I think I was like twelve years old. So I was like, this is like way back in the summertime. Uh, we had uh, we were living in a house where a lady had been renting from an older couple who were farmers, and she passed away of old age in the sunroom. I think it was on a Monday, <clears throat> sitting in a chair. She was not found sitting in the chair until that Wednesday. Oh. It just so happened to be that the owners of the town, or the owners of the house, rather came by because I knew that they had not heard from her in a few days, hadn't seen her outside. So they were like, okay, let's go take a visit. So they went by the house, and they found her sitting in the chair. She was already gone. Well, go a, go a, you know, a few weeks past that, we move in. <clears throat> like I said, this was during the summertime. This is as long as we stayed there. Hopefully your rent was cheap when y'all moved in. <laughs> <laughs> as far as I know, I think the rent was cheap. Um, but when we got, from what we were told by the landlord, it was that she was a very tidy person, but I guess she had gotten sick because her kitchen, when they got there, there were pots and pans, kind of moved around dishes that were dirty, that kind of thing. And they said that she was a very tidy person. Mm-hmm. Well, when we got there, that wasn't the case. My parents ended up having to clean the whole kitchen from where she had left the mess because apparently she had just gotten so ill she couldn't take care of it. Shortly after we got moved in there, even though they had cleaned up the kitchen, at nighttime, we were hearing, now you have to understand, the kitchen where it was situated was at the back of the house. Our bedrooms and the living room was all the way toward the front. Mm -hmm. There was two entrances toward that kitchen. One was a back door that we always had locked, and one was a side door that went out toward the uh, parking lot. And at nighttime, we would either be woken up, or we were already awake and hearing the sounds of drawers opening and closing by themselves, the sounds of plates moving around and touching each other, the sound of like forks and stuff like that going on the ground, those kind of things. And this was a constant thing going on for several nights in a row. It had gotten so loud back in the kitchen that the dog outside the time that we had started barking at it. 
And when we would get up, anybody, whether it was myself, whether it was another family member, get up to go investigate, we walked out to that hallway, it would stop. Mm-hmm. Now, you have to understand something. When you're sitting there and you're hearing, you know, pots and pans and stuff like that moving around, you don't expect the stuff to just go nilly-dilly just yeah. because you start moving toward a room. But that's what happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there was one night it got really bad because there was a thunderstorm coming over. My dad was a police officer at the time. So thunderstorms coming over, it's raining, lightning, stuff like that. We're at the front of the house sitting in the living room watching TV. We turned off the TV. We called my dad as he was on work, not because we were afraid of the storm, but because we were all hearing this stuff taking place, all the noise coming from the kitchen, and we're the other end of the house, and it scared us so much that we were like, Dad, we're hearing this. There's stuff going on back in the back of the house, and we're too afraid to go back there and take a look at it. But I remember this stuff taking place, and it's like, I think with anybody, mm-hmm. so many people will say, oh, no, this stuff is not real. Right. Oh, no, this stuff does not exist. Like I said, there's a many motors out there. There's many schoolies out there. Mm-hmm. I think for some people, unless you've been there, unless you have experienced it for yourself, you're going to chalk it up to imagination. You're going to chalk it up to mass hysteria. You're going to chalk it up right. to, oh, you're just lying or whatever the case is. You didn't see or hear nothing. I think some people just honestly just have to go through it for them to look at you and say, oh, my gosh, you were not lying. Say, welcome yeah. to the club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So did your parents or your dad ever see anything in the house while you were living there? Um, from what I understand, um, I know that my dad heard some stuff while he was there. And as the time that we were actually about to leave, after we had already packed up all of our stuff and had – we were basically had already left the house. Um, him and a cousin of mine. My dad walked throughout the house, and you know we found out the name of the lady, and whatnot. And uh, he was telling her, you know, he was kind of like just talking out loud, going through the house by himself. Mm-hmm. And he basically said, you know, look, we we didn't mean you any harm by coming in here. Um, you know, we were just trying to stay here and and have a place to stay. We mean you nothing but respect. And I hope that we can leave on good, good terms. I mean, he was just kind of that person, but he also believed in spiritual things as well. And uh, my cousin who came to help my dad get the last few minute things, my cousin had not been told anything. And he showed up, helped my dad get the last you know, few minutes, last things that were still up in uh, some of the rooms. And by the time that they were leaving, he looked at my dad and said, are we ready to go? My dad said, yeah, yeah, we're, you know, we're about to be heading out. He's like, okay. And uh, like I said, this man had not been told nothing, knew nothing about the situation. And he looked at my dad as they're going down the road. He said, is there something awkward about this house? Mm-hmm. And my dad said, what do you mean? He's like, the whole time I was there, I felt like I was being watched. Mm-hmm. He said, well, there is some situations that took place there that we all had to deal with. He's like, yeah, I, I, I felt really uncomfortable and I'd rather not go back. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like I said, I mean, it. You know, maybe some people are just more attuned to that kind of a thing. Some people will never, some people you can never present enough evidence that they'll ever believe it. They'll always chuck it up to something else. And you're going to have that in this world. That's just how it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least you had parents who, like, didn't try to tell you, like, it wasn't real or you're insane or mm-hmm. anything yeah. like that. You know, you're yeah. allowed to at least believe what you saw. You know what I mean? Right. And I mean, I mean, that it, wasn't the case for me growing up. Like we weren't allowed, we mm-hmm. didn't, we were raised that like, 
there's no ghosts. Mm -mm. If you're seeing something evil, it's because you asked to see something evil. So, I mean, whenever I was seeing stuff little, I was like, oh, no. I mean, what? I mean, I never saw anything until I was a little bit older, but, like, when I was little. But then whenever I was, like, a teenager is when I really started seeing stuff. And I was not, like, especially at the time, I was not, like, considered a wild teenager. So, I mean, I was like, oh, what did I do to invite this, like, weird shadow thing in my room and just stand there and, like, eventually touch my foot and all that stuff? One of my stories is I was about, like, 14 and involves my shadow person. And, um, starts off, I was about 13 or 14. My brother passed away when I was 12, like a few months before me turning 13. Mm -hmm. And do y'all remember like from Claire, it's, yeah, it's fine. Um, from Claire's, those like old, those doorbells that you could have for like your bedroom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I had one of those and about a year or so after his passing, um, it randomly went off and at first I thought it was someone trying to mess with me and just like my grandmother or someone just messing with me with the little doorbell to my room well then of course my mom was always into like the supernatural paranormal stuff and all this like I was and so then she made the comments like well maybe it's your brother just trying to say hi or mess with you or whatever I was like okay so then the next time after that did it I opened my door and I was like, come on in. <laughs> I invited it in yeah. without knowing. And so then little things would happen all throughout my room and whatever. Through, But then there was one night where um, I went to sleep. I always sleep with the TV on. The TV was like here to my left where and my bed was like facing like closet door like right next to my head tv like right next to that and down at the other end of the room but same wall as the closet door was the room was the door to my bedroom and i went i was laying there getting ready to go to sleep i stayed up all hours of the night anyway just whatever um and i always sleep with like my door shut my door opened by itself <laughs> I saw it open. I saw, and like my room suddenly got like ice cold. And that room, you could have an AC, the ceiling fan, everything going on in that room. And it will still be like the hottest room in the house. Um, but it got like ice cold. And it was around this time of year. It was around October when this happened. Um, and of course, the veil's getting thinner at this time of year. So. But my door opened by itself. At first, I thought it might have been a cat, but I was like, no, my door was like completely latched when I closed it and where the cat couldn't have opened it. And I didn't see a cat immediately when I peeked, when I like peeked over my covers to see if it was one of the cats. And then I saw a shadow person standing about six foot or so from my angle laying down or whatever. It seemed like they would be about like six foot tall slowly edge its way towards me coming through and just walking straight up towards me and then like I shut my eyes but have like the one just barely open enough where you can kind of see stuff yeah and it gets between me and my tv and it's just standing there looking at me mm -hmm. and like I am frightened I cannot move I'm like what the <laughs> and just mm -hmm. 
huh, and I finally muster the courage and strength to just quickly turn over in the blanket and face it and just put my back towards it. Like, nope, yeah. <laughs> I can't see you. Yeah. When I did that, the energy I felt from it shifted. And it went from like between like my TV and bed where I was laying to on the bed with me, like this close to my face. Mm-hmm. Oh. And like it inched away from my face. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and, and then almost as fast as it happened, it was gone. Next morning, I woke up and I didn't feel it the night before, but I woke up with three giant claw marks across my thigh. Holy crap. And like, I didn't even feel it, but I woke up with the three claw marks like across my thigh. I was like, like you said, holy crap. And, um, like, it just, that was one. And then like a week or two later, same similar situation. Like I was actually in the shower and suddenly I got this feeling that I was being watched in the shower and that's a very vulnerable and creepy situation to begin with. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly I feel like a burning like on my chest, like right here. And I look down and I watch his one by one, three claw marks, like four. I'm just like, Nope. This. sister get three scratches on her shoulder it's always three it's always yeah, three. three uh and i was like bitch get away from me <laughs> i was gonna say i haven't had that happen yet and i guess i'm fortunate on that well uh so you told us that you read tarot cards how did you i mean i know you said your mom was kind of like into like witchy stuff mm. so how did you really get into that uh my mom had her own deck um, and did not matter how much she tried to hide them. Somehow I would always find them and I would just play with them. And she had no idea that I was even messing with them and stuff until she caught me and then she'd hide them again. And eventually she bought me my own deck when I was 13 for Christmas one year. And she taught me how to actually read the cards, which I pretty much just kind of messing with them myself, not even looking at any guidebooks or anything. Mm-hmm. I've already had the general consensus of it, but she taught me the general, this is how you read it, this is how you do, and stuff and all that. And That's so cool. Mm-hmm. It grew from there. I now own about, like, 50 decks. <laughs> um, I, Sorry, go ahead. I was like, I don't read all of them. Some of them are just, like, for collector stuff because okay. I like the aesthetic and everything. But um, I actually read for, I don't want to just want to say for money, but I actually like do it now. I provide the service and everything now. Um, and so even though I'm still considered very young within the community, like I'm not that young, but mm-hmm. I'm getting right there at middle age. I'm 32. If so, but I'm still very young within the community. Right. Why is my light not going on? There it is. Um, it uh, there are people that are like in their fifties and stuff that are in the community with me. They're like, I have twenty years experience. I'm like, so do I. And they're like, how? I'm like, because I've been reading this long. If you count the times I played with my mom's cards before she even bought me my first deck, mm-hmm. I have like over twenty five years experience. But I'm like, I'm just gonna count the where I actually had my first deck and got officially taught how to read. <laughs> yeah. 
Wow. I mean, it shouldn't yes. matter. It's supposed to be a gift, right? I mean, yeah. What it is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, some people are gifted, some people aren't, you know? It's like runes. You give me runes, I can't understand runes to save my life. I'm like, I don't know what any of this means. But you give me the imagery on tarot cards and oracle cards. I'm like, oh, yes, this right here. Right. This is yeah. Michael, have you ever had your tarot read? I have not. Um, Ooh, you know, it's it for you guys. Yeah. You see, here's the interesting thing: is that even though, um, even though I kind of like research and you know delve into understanding of different things, like personally, I've never actually done anything like that. Wow. Now, I I like Halloween a lot. But I think for me, it's, it's interesting because when I look at Halloween and things of that nature, I, when other people are looking at, you know, going to Walmart or going to Spirit Halloween, getting the costume to get the, the bucket for the candy, that's what, you know, if a lot of the kids are going for that kind of thing and teenagers, that's fine. That's no problem at all. Right. When I look at it, I approach it from the mindset of, I know what this was that brought it to what it is now. Yeah. And so I look at it with a whole different mindset. When someone says... Hey, you know, I'm going to go celebrate Halloween. The word Halloween kind of, I'm like, yeah, Halloween, I can hear you, but I'm thinking Samhain. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, yeah, I'm thinking. I, I, I celebrate Samhain. I was going to say, it's like, I, I'm thinking about the other different aspects that your kids probably don't even know about. Mine but do. for them, it's just trick-or-treating. You know, it is to them, it's going out and getting candy and, you know, and wearing a Fortnite costume. For me, it's, you know, I'm thinking about the history of the different stuff. So I'm approaching it from a different perspective. That's not saying that I'm any worse or any better than anybody else. It's not that. It just I, I look at more of the history now, and I kind of put that in the forefront. And say, oh, okay, well, this is where I'm, my mind mentally is coming from. Versus, I know that you're just grabbing the pumpkin from Dollar General and want to get some Snicker bars. Mm-hmm. So it's, but as far as like having practicing thing, tarot cards, and I've actually never done any of that. I just I have a I just have a desire, like an interest of paranormal things supernatural things because i've been around it and i've had situations happen to me where i could not explain that goes past having lived at that home before mm-hmm. point in case being um i've had two situations in the past where a place that we lived at in gulf shores my step uh, father's mom she passed away in the home in a medical bed mm-hmm. I'm the only one out of the family that I could walk into that room after she had passed away and I was hit by a emotion of sadness out of nowhere. So much so that it had me crying. Now, no one else in the house was feeling this, but I could, it's like, if I walked out of the room, I didn't feel it. As soon as I walked into the room, it hit me like a ton of bricks Mm -hmm. and I've had that happen to me twice. So it's sort of like, Mm -hmm. I know I'm not just imagining this, I'm actually feeling this. Now, you down the hallway, I know you're not feeling this, so it's hard for you to imagine where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to explain it to you. You just have to be feeling what I'm feeling to get where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. And so going through different situations like that has drawn me to say, well, I know there's something out there more than just waking up, doing chores, going to work, coming home, paying the bills. Mm-hmm. There's so much more to the world that people can't necessarily see doesn't mean that it's not there right and i'm a firm believer that the spirit world is more prevalent than the physical we can't always just see with our own eyes Mm -hmm. 
doesn't mean it's not all around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, I mean, I know we have to approach things from a scientific point of view sometimes because scientific community won't accept it unless they can jot it down and all that kind of stuff. Is like, at what point can you look at something walking across the front of you and then fade away mm-hmm. and not chalk it up to just, oh, I just must be tired? Well, the argument like, here could be that that is basically an undiscovered science. Like, we just don't fully understand it. And right. once science progresses and everything, eventually we'll have the answers for it. Just right now, we don't. We don't. And, you know, for, for anybody, I always say, well, is I understand that not every technique that anybody, especially let's say like in the field of paranormal investigation, for example, you always see them use the, the same basic tools like the, mm-hmm. the EMF detectors, the you know spike meters you hear using like music box, all that kind of stuff to try to gain scientific evidence. Does it always work? No, but you still take those kind of things because it's what's providing that quote unquote scientific proof. But I do feel like that until science goes past what is accepted as a scientific method and expands outside of that range, just like you were saying, until they expand outside of the way science presents itself right this moment, I feel like the realm of things that are paranormal is on the outside of that, that you have to expand science to be able to understand the rest of that. And until science does, then 20, 30, 40 years from now, we're still going to be bringing a voice recorder into an old cemetery someplace, hoping to get someone no name Mary to say something to us. And that is as far as we're going to go. And it's like there's never going to be anything there past that to show any kind of relevance because no one allows it to be expanded. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just, I don't think there has to be an answer to literally everything in life. I think it's fine to just say, you know what, this shit happens, these things happen, we don't have to dissect absolutely every part of it, you know. I think what makes the world or the spirit community so much less special if we sat there and we're like okay here's the scientific reason because this is happening like no you know you saw your grandma your grandma passed away that's a special thing that you got to experience or you know anything like that i mean even when i've had my tarot cards read like the one time um you know the the things this woman told me that you know uh i was baffled by the fact that she could tell me that my friend who died at a very young age was wearing red cowboy boots which i freaking hated <laughs> they're the ugliest boots i've ever seen and i was like how yeah how would this person know this and i was like you know there's no explanation for this i mean it's not like she knew my name it's not like she would have known my friend's name and we just walked in one day and i was like hey i want a tarot re- card reading and she's like okay and then she's like can i tell you i feel something around you and the things that she told me was so unbelievably dead on. And at that point, because at the point before that, I was like, eh, I'll go. If something happens, that's fine. I've never been. I'll go open-minded. And then at that point, I was like, oh, I am a full-on believer that there are people that have gifts. I'm a full believer that people are full of shit. Too, you know? Yeah, the, <laughs> the fishing, the cold reader. Like, my yeah. favorite thing when I get clients that come and want to read, I always ask them if there's something they want to focus on, just – Usually when people go in for a reading, there is something they want to focus on. But I've gotten lucky where it's like a bunch of people who don't even know what they want. I was like, okay, general reading. These are my favorite because yeah. cards are going to say what they want to say. Like the universe 
God, any deity, whatever, higher selves are, they're going to present itself and just get whatever message across. And then there's been times where some people have even tried to test what I can do. And I'm like, don't tell me a thing. Let's go in this. And then there's one dude who was even all like, spooky. <laughs> like he, he was baffled by what he was telling me and then what cards like flipped over and me able to tell them like what they meant and everything and yeah i mean it's wild i mean that's what i like i've only had my cards like read once well i had a another girl be like can i practice on you i was like sure and i was like meh like it was just very generic and that's fine she was just starting out i didn't pay for it so i was like okay that's fine i mean i don't know i don't have i don't have any of those abilities um i also Honestly, I'm too lazy to be, like, spiritual in any sort. At least you're honest. I wish I could. I think sometimes there's that pull in me to be some kind of, like, into something spiritual, but I'm like, you know what? I'm lazy. I'm not. Girl, I'm, like, one of the most laziest witches you are ever going to come across. (laughs) So, like, even learning tarot, I was like, oh, there's so much to remember, and I have a horrible memory. Uh. It's fine. It's not meant to be. <laughs> am I gonna put the? Am I gonna put the effort? I feel like it needs in it. No, I'm not. So why? I feel would just feel disrespectful doing it if I'm not gonna be a hundred percent committed to doing it right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. So that was my excuse for church too. I was like, oh, I'm not into it. <laughs> you know, I'm not. I'm listening. not invested. <laughs> I've gotten kicked out. <laughs> Oh. You got kicked out of church? Yeah, for uh, making them question their own beliefs, like just arguing with them until they couldn't answer me anymore. I got in trouble in Sunday school when I was little because I was like, the Tower of Babel is dumb. <laughs> I don't, that cannot be how languages were made. You're full of it. I wish so badly I could have spoken up at that age because, I mean, it was just a common thing. You don't question the Bible, you don't question the, the leaders of the church, so I was always afraid to ask these questions, and so until college, I didn't, and then everything kind of just all came into place in a really <laughs> terrible way. Everything d- dismantled first, and then it came into place. I was like, oh man, this sucks, but it's also really great, I guess. To be fair, I still haven't told my parents, because I'm afraid, I'm 31, and I'm still afraid of my parents, so they do not know. It's interesting that you mentioned about uh about not questioning the church because it's because of the early church and women speaking out over in Europe back during the 12 and 1300s as to why so many women were being called uh, witches during that time. Not necessarily because they were practicing witchcraft at all. A lot of the women, they were being outspoken. They were being outspoken or they are, for example, like there were so many restrictions against a female. They thought that a female is not inside scrubbing the floor and making a child and making you breakfast, then there must be something wrong. I definitely were, would have been burned at a stake back then. <laughs> I mean, I mean <laughs> like, no joke. I mean, if, if you were a woman walking around in that period of time in, in Europe and you were walking out out of your home at a certain time, they looked at you suspiciously like, why are you out here? Are you trying to consort with the devil? And, and I mean, shit, maybe she wanted to go outside and take a pee. I mean, it was like anything <laughs> like that. And, she but if, if, if you were if you were outspoken or, or if you were doing something that was outside the norm, if you had a mind of your own, then you were given label. Mm-hmm. 
and it's just like I said, it, it, you may not have had anything to do with anything wrong. It's just you were did not conform with society, and of course, you know, religion didn't like the idea of you sticking your ugly head somewhere where it didn't belong. And they were trying; they were too busy trying to make people do what the men of that time thought that they should have, and they were pointing fingers and saying, "Oh well." your husband didn't tell you to do that. And you're like, I'm sorry. Well, then there must be something wrong with you. And like, no, I just decided just to roll out to Dodge General real quick. You know, I'm just, but it just, I couldn't do it. So yeah. it's, you'd be surprised at the history of stuff like that. People getting accused of things that had nothing to do oh, with yeah. something and just having blame thrown at them just because they were different. And then, and that's one of the reasons why, uh, such as the whole understanding of a familiar that did not originate from anything having to do with like Sabrina the Teenage Witch or anything like right. that. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, the whole idea of a familiar, whenever you go back to, like I said, back to Europe again, a long time ago, there was a huge disease broken that broke out over in Europe. During before this took place, they were going to, and I'm going to use this term loosely of what they considered old hag. And that's what, in their mind, that was the jumbled phrase that was being used around for people that were older women whom they considered as being healers, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I don't mean, when I say healer, I don't mean necessarily a person who was practicing witchcraft. I don't mean that. What I mean by healer is a person like, you know, being able to know this herb and this plant and this thing and that thing and being able to put it together to try to make some kind of medicinal situation. They, well, they were, were going to these Right, they were they were going to these people saying, "Hey, you know, this person's got this ailment over here. Can you do something about it?" And so when they when when they realized that the healers were not able to, when the death that was taking place was going so rampant that they felt like the healers were not doing their job per se, couldn't get past the death that was taking place. Well, then they turned on. Mm -hmm. Well, come to find out the situation that was going on, the disease itself was being spread by rats. Mm -hmm. And when you've got cats going after mouse, and then you see the woman inside of the place there trying to be a healer for the, for the disease or whatever, and it's going way past what anybody else can do, as I said, they turned on them. They started getting mad. And they took that correlation of getting mad at the healer and then they were saying, you know, seeing the abundance of cats because the cats were chasing the, the mouse that was producing the disease to begin with. Mm -hmm. They started taking the correlation of the woman and the, and the cat and putting it together. That's where the idea of a familiar comes from. Because they're like, well, these cats are always walking around this area. They're always walking around when the woman's coming around. So they put the two and two together. And that's where that whole thing comes from. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm saying, but knowing that kind of history where you take something and you combine it with the other and it just kind of rolls from there. And it's like, it never meant to be that, nor were they trying to harm somebody. You were coming to them for a healing, and they just, they couldn't get past all the death took place, so you turned on them. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's just like there's cases where women were, you know, helping other women give birth, and then maybe this was a woman of higher up status, and her baby would die. Well, she couldn't accept the fact that, like, hey, babies died all the time back then. Like, unfortunately, it's very sad. And so, like, oh, it's because she put a curse on my baby. Like, I just know. Or even, like, I listened to one right. story, I think it was in Scotland, and, like, this lady's cow just died, and she's like, she did it. That weird woman down there, she's the reason my cows mm -hmm. died. I'm like, no, they're cows. Mm -hmm. They die. Mm -hmm. Babies die, woman. 
And it's just it's just insane, absolutely insane to go through and actually read the history and not just be like, oh, witchcraft, this is really cool. I think, like, you go through and be like, you know what, there's people who probably did actually, like I said, apothecaries who were considered to be witches, you know? And I'm, I'm sure at some point there were people who seriously were quote-unquote witches, but they, I don't believe they were evil or anything like that, you know what I mean? I mean, there's magic, and it came from somewhere, you know? So, I mean, it's just this mass hysteria that has swept through, and unfortunately it's mainly women who, you know, lost their lives. Just, you know, just the beauty of being a woman. And it all started in the beautiful church, huh, guys? Yeah. <laughs> <That's> sanctity. <laughs> well, the the man could do it, and it'd be fine. It wouldn't be quite yeah, right. thing for sure. Yeah. As soon as the woman started doing like the man's job, switch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She must be subservient, like we were saying earlier. Right. Must be subservient to staying in the house all day, cleaning the floors, birthing children, mm-hmm. making all that. No. Like, know your role. <laughs> Have you guys seen that video where the guy's like pretending to be a girl and she was like, I was thinking, and then like the next thing, like she's caught on fire in a witch's hat? <laughs> just because they said she was thinking. <laughs> I was like, that's so accurate. It is. The dangers, the dangers of having a thought. I uh, had a, I had a, worked at a place one time, um, and it was like in a kitchen at like a power or a meat plant or whatever. And this guy could not run a kitchen. And I wasn't trying to take this job. I was like, hey, would you like help? He's like, you just stand there and be pretty. That's what your job is. And I was like, fuck, that's what I'll do. I'll just stand there. Like, I don't give a shit. I'm going to pay the same amount as you. I'll just fucking stand here. I'm all right with that. You dick. <laughs> it's like, wow. Yeah. Um, now, I, I've worked in the restaurant industry for like 14 years. And I guarantee you, I can run a kitchen better than... In yeah. the serving floor, or whatever, better than half the people that come through. He's like, I work for the Navy. I was like, Cool. Have you ever ran a kitchen? He's like, Yeah, in the Navy. And I was like, Okay. I was like, But you can't fry chicken to save your life. It's all raw. So it's really not that great. I want to know how many people you've killed. My grandpa worked for the Navy too and ran a kitchen in the Navy. Doesn't mean he could run a kitchen in the house. Like, my grandmother kicked him out of the kitchen every chance she got. Because. The man couldn't fry chicken. Everything he pulled out was raw. And I was like, you're going to kill somebody. Like, this is horrible. But, you know, he's like, just stand there and shut your mouth and be pretty. I was like, fuck, I don't care. We're both making minimum wage, dude. So let's He was thing. like, I didn't I didn't make anything past petty officer third class for nothing. I just stuck right here where I should be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I did. I just stood there and served people. I didn't do anything else. And they're like, why aren't you doing anything to help us? I was like, because he told me not to. <laughs> He told me to stand here and look pretty, and that is precisely what I'm doing. Mwah. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. So, I mean, I don't know how pretty I was looking because it's like my third job, and it was like 3 o'clock in the morning, but, you know, I was the only girl there that was in her 20s, <laughs> so maybe. Everybody else was like in their 50s you were and 60s. The, you were the visual of the whole establishment. I was the hottie just based on <laughs> you were. Nothing, nothing <laughs> Based on Angela. <laughs> She's uh, young. <laughs> she has not had child yet. So. <laughs> oh, I already had child by the time I was in my twenties. So. <laughs> no, I was a, uh, I was uh, twenty-eight when I had my son. I was nineteen when I had my oldest daughter. Uh, Y'all making me feel hard. old. <laughs> I'm very curious how old you are, Michael, because I feel like <laughs> I just turned thirty-nine back in September. 
You're not that old. Or almost 36. I still have all my teeth if that counts. <laughs> Better than a lot of people around here. Yes. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> you live in the South. <laughs> I currently still have all the fine, but I'm about to lose one, so. Oh, no. That's okay. Is it a back one? They'll never yeah. see it. Yeah, they'll never see it. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> it's not one of these. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's, not, it's, not, it's not your show yeah. teeth. Yeah, the show teeth. <laughs> I have canines. I get a. I was growing up. I was accused of being a vampire. Oh, that's cool. Well, that's fun. <laughs> you know, just everybody throwing garlic at you. Like, right. <laughs> He's like, just throw it at me real quick. I got you covered. I don't have the sharp canines, but I got accused of the same thing because I like to bite. <laughs> I bet you killed it during Twilight season, huh, Michael? <laughs> I tell you right. It, it was There's funny because. Wrong. Oh, no, I tell you, when I, when I was growing up and I would, whenever I'd go trick-or-treating, I would always dress up as a vampire, but I would always tell them I'm not wearing the fake teeth. Uh-huh. And people would like, why? And like, I'd show my canes were like, oh my gosh, you really, you do have vampire teeth. I'm like, yeah, I, I have canines. I, I still have them. I'm not getting rid of them. <laughs> Is that basically? Uh, well, Michael, I hope you really enjoyed our, um, I'm sorry, Tate. 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 I, really <laughs> Tate. <laughs> I, really I never get over that. <laughs> There we go, Taylor. There we go. Uh, there's Tate Michael over there. <laughs> but seriously, it could be your podcast alias, Tate and Ren. Tate and Ren. You know what? That, that should stick. Yeah. That should stick. Tate and Ren. Yeah. There we go. There's going to be like, what happened? Like, listen, we're famous now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this is my podcast. You kept calling me Tate. <laughs> and this is where it's at. And they were sober. <laughs> Call me this. Uh, she can't do it. It's like when she's drunk, she calls me Michael. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, so that's your new podcast. Mm-hmm. podcast. That's what new podcast. Tate, Tate and Rin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds like a Nickelodeon episode or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a Nickelodeon episode. Well, yeah. Rin and Stimpy. <laughs> yep, Tate and Rin. Show business, guys. I got you. You do. <laughs> <laughs> we find my contract real quick. <laughs> yeah. He's got the vision. Yeah. Make you guys famous. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. I can see so, the t shirt design now. Yeah. Take, right. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's super exciting. I mean, I have connections with people together. who can, like, do graphic design and make t shirts. <laughs> Right? And she's like distantly related to Rachel Ray. So yeah. <laughs> I see a green screen in our future. <laughs> like, Sup, girl. What's up, Rachel Ray? You didn't make me rich, so like, you just make us a little famous. This is my boy Tate. <laughs> my boy Tate. <laughs> Three shots in. Who's Tate? <laughs> you did it. <laughs> Yeah, so if you guys ever want to do this again, I think this is oh, definitely. Awesome. You've been Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. No. Neither am I. You came to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
still um, sit tight. <laughs> <laughs> and, it you, <laughs> and it begins. When do your episodes usually come out? Like what day of the week or is it bi-weekly? How do you usually do it? Well, right this moment with it being the Halloween series, I've been trying to make them on the weekend and like mm-hmm. e- either record them on a Saturday or a Sunday then try to push it out. Really, it, just, it has depended on just factors sometimes out of my control that, you know, even if I wanted to make something on a weekend, I may not push out the thing until like a Wednesday or something. But mm-hmm. I've been trying to make it weekly just mm-hmm. for the Halloween series. Um, right. I haven't really discussed it that much further with Ren as far as like us collaborating and, you know, what we can do on the next thing and, and when is her scheduling going to be coincide where we can get, you know, get together and do that. But I mean, it, it might be a furtherance to where we do it every week or we do it every other weekend. I'm more or less going to, you know, just make that on her end because I'm the days that she's off. I want to be able to make sure that she's comfortable with whatever she has going on scheduling wise. Definitely don't want to push something on her and her not have the ability to do it or feel like she's being rushed. Because for yeah. me, I can do it at any point that it needs to be done, but I want to make sure that she's comfortable with, with what she can do. Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome. Well, just to give you a little tip. Episode or two in the back because things happen, mm-hmm. and then that stress edit, stress you know, throw together. I've done it, it sucks. Um, so that's just I know we didn't do it about the same amount of time, but that's something I was like, oh, real fast, I gotta have like this extra episode just so if something mm-hmm. falls apart, I've got this going on. So that's my little tip from a baby podcast to another baby podcast. <laughs> that's what I got going. <laughs> So uh, really excited to hear what you guys come up with, though. Yeah. The, the teamwork makes the dream work. Go. Oh, God, I hate that phrase. <laughs> <laughs> My Mr. Rogers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute, though. <laughs> Would you be my neighbor? <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we really appreciate you guys coming on. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you guys for yeah. hanging out with thank us. Thank you so much for spending the evening with us. It's awesome. Yeah. Oh, it was one, it was wonderful. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me as my light goes out. That's it, folks. We'll scare you later. We'll scare you later. <laughs>